Today on the podcast, we are actually on location at New Holland. We're talking with Adam Dickerson. He's brand manager for all things that happen here, but specifically today, we're talking bourbon. Adam, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, it, it, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes. I'm excited to talk about this. Obviously, I reached out to you because I wanted to talk about the weeded whiskey, yeah. and then you guys won a huge award. So I actually yep. want to start there um, with Origin being best in class from the American Distillers Institute. Like, mm. how huge is that? I read yeah. the Forbes article, sure. right? But, like, from your perspective, how big is that for you guys? It was huge. It, it, it's the... I mean, we, as members of the American Distilling Institute, um, they helped us get started as a distillery. And for them to award us and acknowledge that we potentially have the best whiskey in the world, according to them, um, it doesn't be get any better than that. I mean, it's like, a, I think it, it hit us... Um, you know, it came across our emails and we were just, you know, throwing papers up in the air. It was awesome. Um, it was a, it was a really, really, um, wonderful award to win. And yeah, we are quite honored to be able to, to have that. The word's gotten out that it's just remarkable, unique bourbon, uh, in a way that is different from, from a ton of different, um, most of the bourbon out there. I think there's a ton of bourbon on the shelf and people ask, well, why does the world need another one? Um, we think ours brings value and brings a different, a whole different experience than the rest, uh, both visually in the bottle and then also when you drink it. Um, but I think, yeah, it's um, it, it, that award certainly has kicked up the demand quite a bit. But it was already in that um, in that space. We have plans. We've you know been planning this product for you know over six seven years now, and so the plan is for growth every year. We don't want this to remain a product that only very few people can get. Um, we've done, you know, if you think of how we've grown on the beer side, um, most breweries in the country treated their bourbon bar barrel aged stouts like a highly allocated got to line up and get it product. Um, and that's fun. And we still want to have products like that because I, as someone who does that myself, I love to go line up with a bunch yeah, of friends absolutely. and get, get yeah. products that maybe not everyone can get. Um, but we want to be able to offer these products to as many people as want uh, that want them. So Dragon's Milk started as a barrel aged stout and was something that people lined up here for and it started with one barrel and we invested in you know the both technology and equipment and space to age that and now have the biggest barrel aged beer program in the country um we want to be able to do something very similar with bourbon uh, we see bourbon as um, that next step for someone who's probably drinking craft beer for 10 15 years um we know that people are migrating over to the whiskey drinking world and yeah, while this is small now and it will take longer to grow because it takes time and patience to age whiskey, we have plans in place for the, the bourbon to this product to become more available both in Michigan and also around the country now, over years to come. Which is kind of where I, I want to get to, Adam, is I want to talk about the origin, no pun intended, yeah. I want to talk about the origins of this because you guys started this project, you know, when we talk about the, the bourbon sector, it really takes off during COVID. Like, you know, yeah. it has outsized growth in sure. COVID and obviously keeps going. But you didn't start this in COVID. This was well before. And, and so I'm wondering, you know, without giving away the secret sauce sure. of the whole thing, but the story behind how this whole thing starts is fascinating to yeah. me. And, and even the way it's created with the, with the, you know, Prohibition era pot still sure. and all that stuff. When did you guys start talking about moving into this and, and how did we get to where we are today where yeah. you've got, you know, right in front of us, we have four of your products, but there's, you know, around seven in the whiskey sure. universe. Absolutely. But like, how did it start and how did we get here? Yeah, I think it all started um, when people at our pub on 8th in Holland were asking for cocktails and we couldn't give them to them. 
and um, our founder CEO Brett Vanderkamp does not like you know wants to provide people with a moment that they um, can savor no matter what they like to drink he wants people to be able to enjoy the experience uh, in our buildings and so um, you know, we just said, well, let's build a still. And so he grabbed an old, I think it was a soup kettle out of the, you know, the kitchen, went to the American Distilling Institute. The president, Bill Owens, worked together to make that and turn it into a still. And they started distilling brandy because it was the only Wait, thing Wait, hang on. Wait, you took a soup pot? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a soup kettle um, <laughs> that they fabricated into a still. Okay. So, yeah, it's it was pretty backwoods, uh, backwoods style for a it. while there. Um, but experimented on that and, um, you know, slowly grew it and, and grew it and grew it and grew it. Um, and we started laying down whiskey um, before it was legally, before we were legally able allowed to sell it. Sure. Because in the state there were laws dating back to prohibition protecting our fruit farmers saying you could only sell uh, distilled products that was from fruit. And so Brett had to work um, in legis- legislatively to get some things passed. And then when we, when you could legally sell uh, whiskey in the state of Michigan that you distilled here, uh, we had some three-year-old whiskey available. So um, we it, it became, a lot of the things here is, you know, we have an interest in them. We like these things. So let's try to make them. And and it started that long ago, um, investing in that. And, and, and it's partially wanting to provide as many people um, products that they enjoy, but it's also you know, we would, if we didn't believe in them, we didn't want to do them. We didn't think they were quality and products. We wouldn't be making them. Um, so I think it's, it's just a, it's a, a combination of a lot of different things, but it's definitely a lot of credit to Brett being, you know, having the foresight to diversify and make new things and not always be wanting to be stuck in one product. I think our you know mission here is to provide savored moments, um, to the world. And, you know, in this building, we do it here in Grand Rapids and, you know, that doesn't always have to be centered on a product. It's what the product delivers that mission of and that experience. And for us, you know, for a lot of people now, it's whiskey. And, you know, as a lot of the people in this company, um, we like whiskey and bourbon too. And so we weren't kind of, we weren't going to just settle on craft beers, uh, the start and the finish line. It's, you know, part of the journey. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I think makes this space, we are in Grand Rapids right now, if you're not watching the video, you know, it makes this space, actually both spaces unique is how does that product shift change the type of person that you hire, right? Because mm-hmm. you're also in rarefied air that you are experts yeah. at making beer sure. and obviously experts at making spirits. Mm-hmm. And then when you sit here at the bar that we're sitting at, the people that you talk to also yeah. Right. They didn't make these products, but, yeah, but they, they understand to... both of them at a really, really deep level. Yeah. How do you go about making a staff that can adapt to those sorts of changes and yeah. then respond to the consumer interest? Sure. Everything we do when we're hiring here is based on our values as a company. So we have our mission, but we also have a, a series of values that we hire by, train by, and use our goals and kind of growth principles to get there. So we know that a lot of those things can be trained if we hire the right people that have the same values as us and have the same ambition as what our company mission is. Um, so certainly some people come in here and they're trained already in whiskey or beer or um, making cocktails or their distillers or their brewers, but most don't and we have to train them and it takes a lot of 
a lot of work. Um, in the retail space specifically, we have an incredible staff of people who um, every, you know, every, when you're walking around here before every shift, they're training on what the new products are, they're training on the processes around them. We have a really great training process and a people and culture team here that invest in our people and really care to make sure that they are learning and growing and becoming experts. Um, but it takes time. I mean, it takes months and months and months for someone to get onboarded and then feel comfortable sure. talking about them. But yeah, every, so many people here at New Holland um, were trained and learned on the job. It's not always been something that we're, yeah, you know, poaching the top uh, from right. from over else. It's about right. the right people with the right values um, who can fit into our in our culture, and then, you know, you can learn about these things. It's not rocket science at the end of the day. I just watched Oppenheimer. It's not, uh, you know, how yeah quantum I mean, physics. Did you get to see it in IMAX? I did. Yeah, I mean, second row. It was quite quite the experience it's, yeah it's something it's something it's funny i walked out of that and i went we can we can make films like this yeah. this is a thing that we can make it was wonderful it was very good all right let's get back to the bourbon yep. right so so origin is the one that's the celebrated let's mm -hmm. talk about that one first because sure. it has an interesting build yeah and i know we don't tell the exact build but can yeah. you talk about the barley yeah into it and kind of how it gives it a different flavor than what you might experience yeah. in let's say Maker's Mark or something along those lines. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, so there's a couple things that make all of our whiskeys um, unique, and that's our pot still. So Irish whiskey is traditionally pot distilled on a pot still. Uh, most American bourbon um, uh, is di distilled on a column still. What that means is you actually have to fill, if you can imagine, like a pot of water. You have to fill that with the grain uh, or the distilled wash that has been fermented. So it's, it's almost like a beer. It's a uh, fermented beverage that's been you know made from in this case corn rye and barley and you have to fill that tank full of it that, that pot distill it and then empty it every batch is unique so like every batch has to be filled and emptied column stills are you are consistent and are continuous um, so you're constantly running that through so one night one interesting thing is from every bottle of origin to the next there can be differences and that journey and that experience is fun to us um, there's also just a body that's different in pot distilled bourbon that's um, going to be a little bit more full-bodied and it's going to have some more just some different flavors where you get a lot of fruit flavor from our still um, and also what you're mentioning the barley so the second part is what is the wash made of that goes into that still uh, what is that beer made of for lack of a better term um, ours use we use a higher than average um, significantly higher than average ratio of barley in our wash most bourbon is like very high corn a tiny bit of rye a tiny bit of rye a tiny bit of barley we're using a, a, quite a bit of barley and that is partially inspired and and the reason there is because of our brewing roots I was we gonna say, yeah, because have of, yeah. quality malted barley already in our building um, the highest quality barley you can get let's use that we know how to work with it we know how to use it let's use that in our products to provide a different deliver a different experience a different flavor for the consumer one that we really like so to put it very simply there's if you were to taste uh, our our origin bourbon it's almost a the flavor profiles kind of dance the line between Irish whiskey and bourbon. Um, you get a ton of like stone fruit, which to us is like apricot, um, pear, plum. You get a lot of those nice fruit qualities. You get this like pastry in there that's like, you, it feels like you're walking into Nantucket Bakery here yeah. In, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in Grand Rapids. Um, we get a lot of vanilla, a lot of vanilla wafer, and then you get, you know, this toasted oak um, in there as well. But 
those lighter kind of citrusy fruit fruit qualities are both coming from that barley and the pot still and the flavors that happen in there. Um, there's a lot of our pot still has produces this nice body in the in our bourbon, but there's this really long period of reflux where it's distilling over and over again, con- evaporating and condensing that produces these delicate fruit flavors, and that's what people are I, I think really latching onto. It's 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 you know we don't want to create a bourbon so different that it's like doesn't taste like bourbon. Yeah. But we want to provide something that is has a reason to be on that shelf and a reason for you to have it in your bar at home that it's providing a different experience a different flavor than then frankly like so many of the bourbons out there are, are pretty much they're they're close to being clones of each other it's just a different bottle yeah so yeah absolutely yeah. so you've done origin obviously and you did a toasted version mm-hmm. will you mess with origin more than that or is that kind of the two yeah. that you're gonna No, we have plans okay. for um this to become kind of a you know, a product with, with many extensions. Um, and we have extensions is better than mess with. Yeah. No, it's no, no, it's good. Um, I mean, behind the scenes, it's mostly messing with it's, it's tinkering and experimenting till we find the right thing. Um, but we have, you know, we did, have done our toasted releases. There will be another one coming later this year. Um, we also are just about to release one that is a honey barrel origin. So we sourced, um, two barrels worth of honey from a Michigan bee farmer, filled our bourbon barrels full of that honey for several months, emptied those, and then put it, the bourbon back in it for a few more months. And it just pulled all that rich honey. I actually tasted it yesterday. It's coming out on the 26th of August. That one will be incredible. And then we also have a bonded version that'll be being distributed later in the year. So that will be higher proof um, and uh, at a or excuse me, a higher proof at a hundred proof, all bonded whiskey has to be a hundred proof. I was just going to, so for people who like yeah. are new to this, like oh, explain to it. Yeah. So bonded, bottled in bond is a government designation of quality that stems back quite a long ways. Um, but you'll see a lot of different bourbons that have like a bottled in bond designation. That means it has to be distilled in one season. So like all of the, like, all of the distillate has to be maybe distilled in spring of 2017. Um, it has to be aged under the supervision of, in a government bonded warehouse and then you have to proof it to 100 proof and it has to be at least four years old so that will be coming out this fall as a different very a different extension on the brand that we're really excited about um and that'll be a little bit more readily available than this toasted in the honey barrel um, so yeah there'll be there'll be plans um we you know this is the flagship one that'll be you know the the one that's always going to be most available but um we we innovate all the time here and we want to make sure we're providing new and exciting things that maybe we haven't done before. And speaking of new and exciting, you also dropped a, a 10 year whiskey. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, for someone who's new in the space, um, and even somebody who isn't new in the space, you've, you've named it, you've get, given a lexicon that's interesting to sure. me and, and you've called it a weeded whiskey. Yep. And so I'm wondering for people, could you explain the difference between, because typically bourbon yeah. ends up landing in that world. What, how close does that walk up to bourbon and sure. what's the difference yep. and, and where did the 10 year come from? Sure. Yeah. So we, the difference between wheat whiskey and bourbon is the ratio of grain. So a wheat whiskey, if there is more than 51% wheat in that wash, in that mash bill, um, it is a wheat whiskey, sure. according to the designation. Um, if it is more than 51% barley, it becomes a malt whiskey. If it's more than 51% corn, it's a bourbon. Got it. So just like you know, I've mentioned a minute ago, it's a, it's a, it's a it's probably both a blessing and a curse that we like to innovate so much. Um, sometimes not everything turns out, but sure. the things we put on the shelf, we like. Yeah. Um, so 
this in this case, yeah, 10 or actually 11 years ago now, we distilled quite a bit of uh, wheat whiskey. Um, we also have a good amount of wheat here in the state of Michigan, and, and it was a, a fun experiment that um, we've done, and we have more to come in very small quantities of wheat. We, yeah. um, quite recently, over the last year, we've worked with the Southwest Michigan Bourbon Hunters, a group of friends of ours um, and uh, that we've worked closely with to kind of um, help you know, they, they buy barrels of whiskey and they, through a, a retailer down near Kalamazoo, Hoffman's Beverage, or Hoffman's Party Store, excuse me, and they've been loving our wheat whiskey. And they've, I think part of that has built this hype around it. And so, um, you know, we have always had, like, we always have on our stores here in our retail stores, a couple different expressions or bottle releases of different things other than bourbon. So this one's currently available now. It's 11 years old, um, single barrel wheat whiskey. So it's gonna have a um, little bit more kind of like earthy, soft, like biscuit, like bready notes, rather than as much fruit. Um, but it is still rich and it does have some nice cherry in there as well. Um, but yeah, we have, we've got a, quite a bit of like nice aged whiskey. Um, you can always find our single malt Zeppelin bend here at our stores as well. That's usually has a 10 year expression. We've got a rum finished and a sherry finish that are both 10 years old at the moment. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say what it is specifically, but later in the year, there will be a 10, <laughs> there will be a 10 year old bourbon that we'll be releasing, um, in November. So nice. keep an eye out on social media for that one. We will absolutely, and I'll, I'll let you go through all those in just a second, but the, the last question I want to make sure that we get to, because when I was able to tour right before you did the launch of Origin, yep. and we got to see the pot still, you know, there's a there's a story. It's the seventh license yeah. out of Prohibition, right? Is that Yeah, yeah. So, so, so talk about that real quick, and then I'll, I'll let you go for the yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Um, the still we have was the seventh still commissioned after Prohibition uh, in the state of New Jersey. It was We found it. Um, kind of in, it was, we, it was found in a barn through lack of a better term, like the Craigslist for distilleries, like, um, and uh, Brett, our, our CEO found it, um, with, you know, with some help from some other people. And we sent it down to Louisville to get refabricated, cleaned up, polished up. And there it sits. So yeah, it used to, it was made originally to distill Applejack, which is apple brandy. So you take out, you know, fermented alcoholic apple cider and you distill that. Um, and it was, yeah, right after Prohibition, it was distilling Applejack out in New Jersey. And we, we've tried to track down more information, but we have struggled to find all the details. A lot of distilling seems to happen behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, right. now it's making wonderful bourbon and we couldn't be happier with the product it produces. Well, congratulations to all the stuff that you're doing for people who uh, maybe they have not heard of you. I don't sure. know who those people would yeah. be, but if they haven't, where's the best place to find out about these products and the craft beer and all yeah. that stuff? Yeah, if you live in Holland or Grand Rapids or Battle Creek, Saugatuck or South Haven, we have a location near you. So come on in. We'd love to have you. Food, drink, uh, beer, spirits, kombucha, cocktails. Uh, we have wine here as well. But um, otherwise, if you're not local, go online to our websites or social media. All of our bourbon is now found under the Dragon's Milk brand family. So we've made the you know decision as Dragon's Milk on the beer side has really grown and evolved into its own brand. Um, all of the our bourbon um, lives under that brand family. So all of our other whiskeys live under New Holland. So newhollandbrew.com or dragonsmilk.com um, where you can find all of our spirits products, beer products, all the information you might need. I love it. My friend, have a great yeah, day. Thank you very much.